Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of AdMail. This is Adam Bergman, founder and CEO of IRA Financial. I'm here to help you find the answers to the most frequently asked questions from my clients about self-directed retirement accounts. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of AdMail. Hope everyone's doing great. I think I got three really interesting questions uh, for you today. So uh, I will do my best to go through these questions, go through the answers and offer some insight um, that I think can, can be very helpful. So these are a variety of questions. Uh, two are from YouTube. One is from uh, someone from New York and they, I think, touch on some, some interesting um, topics that um, I get a lot of questions on. So let's get right to it and uh, hopefully uh, we all can learn a few things. So first question is from YouTube and this individual wanted to know, can you contribute to a simple IRA and a SEP IRA in the same year? So the answer is yes and no. <laughs> I'll give you the lawyer's answer. So yes, if you don't own more than 80% of both businesses. So you don't have a, a situation where you have a control group where there's a brother, sister, meaning you and your wife own company A, company B, or you just, you own company A and company B, or you and a partner own company A and company B, greater than 80% common ownership. That situation will not allow you to have a simple IRA and a SEP IRA because it's considered a control group, which means the IRS is treating both those separate companies as one company. But if you're in a situation where you work for a company, you're not an owner, you own less than 50%, less than 80%, no affiliation between the companies, you can be in a situation where, yes, both businesses could have separate plans. So company A could have a simple, company B could have a SEP. Now we know SEP's a pure profit sharing plan, 20% up to 20 or 25% of your comp if you're W-2, 20% if you're self-employed, single member LLC. Whereas a simple is a straight up dollar for dollar contribution, 13500 So it's a little bit different and there's also a, a catch up. So different plans. I haven't come across many people that have wanted to do simples and SEPs in the same year. Um, that's why I wanted to share this question. It was kind of a unique question that doesn't pop up often enough, but thought you'd want to know. Same with solos and SEPs. You're not supposed to have solos and SEPs in the same year. Um, you're not supposed to make contributions. In this case, it's a little different because you could technically have a simple and a SEP. You just can't have a situation where you're in a control group where there's common ownership. Um, so for example, if you, you worked at company A that had 100 employees and you just an employee and had a simple and then you had your own side business selling comics on eBay, you can have a SEP for your side business and a simple, um, obviously you can participate from your employer. So thanks for that question. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of an interesting uh, question that I really didn't think much about. So I actually have to do some research on it. So I just wanted to share it with you. Second question is from Aaron H of Great Neck, New York. And Aaron wants to know, if I were to purchase gold and silver coins with my Roth IRA, would I have to pay for storage or can I store them myself in my home? So Aaron, I've wrote a bunch of Forbes articles. If you Google 
holding gold at home, IRA, or, or any variation of, on, on those terms, you'll, you'll find articles I've written. Um, this is something, it's very, very, very important that you understand. This is something that's directly from the tax code under section 408M, and it's clear. If you buy IRS approved coins, bullion, American Eagle statemented bullion coins, they must be held in the physical possession of a depository or U.S. bank. Now, there's some question whether that requirement applies to coins and bars, because if you look at 408M, there is a somewhat misunderstood um, statement, so to speak, that when you read it, it's hard to ascertain whether the IRS intended that the physical possession requirement applied to coins or just bars. But talking to the IRS, talking to people in our industry, it's pretty clear that the intent was that all bullion, whether it's bars or bullion coins, American Eagle statemented coins, must be held in the physical possession of a depository um, or a bank. I have some checkbook control clients that want to hold the coins in a LLC safe deposit box in the name of the LLC at a U.S. local bank. That's guess a gray area because there's no IRS guidance. Um, clearly, the code says physical possession of a U.S. trustee, which is considered a depository or a bank. Now, clearly, if your gold or silver coins are in a safe deposit box in a bank physically, the argument can be made that it is in the physical possession of a bank. Now, clearly you have the keys to that safe deposit box. So you have constructive ownership, but the code doesn't say ownership. It doesn't say constructive ownership. It says physical possession. So the argument goes, well, if you hold your coins in a safe deposit box in the name of your 401k or IRA LLC, you should satisfy that definition. I don't know. It's a gray area. My recommendation is keeping it a depository. These places, they're trust companies, they're licensed, they're regulated, they're insured. Your gold, your coins will be protected. We use Delaware Depository for lots of our clients. They're great. They're super reputable. Again, regulated and insured. Your metals will be safe and you will satisfy the elements of 408M of the code, which states clearly that bullion needs to be held in the physical possession of a U.S. trustee. So don't hold these metals or bullion coins outside of the United States. It clearly says physical possession of a U.S. trustee. If people say, well, you can hold them at home, they're lying to you. Run as fast as you can because they don't have your best interest in mind. If they say, well, the physical possession only applies to bullion bars. It doesn't apply to coins. Run as fast as you can. They're lying to you. Um, they don't have your best interest. So my recommendation is, yes, there is a cost. You can pay it through your retirement account. Hold it at a U.S. depository. It's safe, secure, licensed, regulated, and you are not going to run afoul to any of the IRS rules. So thank you for that question, Aaron. Third question comes from YouTube. And this individual wanted to know, October of 2020, I sold two rental properties that were in my self-directed IRA LLC. And at closing, I received 1099s made out to my LLC. Should I fill out a W-9 or any other IRS forms concerning this transaction? Thanks for all the great videos. 
Well, thank you for your kind words. Thanks for the question. So this is a really good question because it brings in a lot of different elements and a lot of different sub questions that I get on a situation where a investor sells real estate. Okay. So you want to make sure if you have a checkbook control, you're going to take title of the real estate in the name of the LLC. And when you sell the real estate, the money is going to go back to the LLC. So at closing, you're going to get a 1099, right? That shows the gains. So some people ask, and they rightfully point this out that, Hey, I have an LLC wholly owned by an IRA. IRAs don't pay tax. They don't even file a tax return. How the heck will the IRS know that this 1099 is not money that I individually, Adam Bergman, should be reporting on my tax return, but this is allocated to an IRA owned, that owns an LLC. And in the case of a single member LLC, there's really no way the IRS knows that. So it's a good question. So what does happen is if no W-9 has ever been filled out. And what a W-9 is, it's a form that often investor, investment providers, promoters, um, non-publicly traded. So if you're investing in a hedge fund, private equity fund, real estate fund, they're going to ask for a W-9. Why? They want to prove you're a U.S. person. So there's no 30% backup withholding, which technically they would be obligated to do if there's not a U.S person investor. So if you're asked for a W-9, you'll fill that out. I just did two videos on how to fill out a W-9 in the case of a self-directed IRA or solo K. So you can check those out on YouTube and get the answer on how that's done. So if you did fill out a W-9, then the IRS will know um, because those forms are completed and sent to the IRS that the owner ultimately of this LLC is an IRA. But if no W-9 is filed, it's a private transaction. You bought a piece of real estate. Now you're selling it. How does the IRS know that the LLC is wholly owned by an IRA? And as I mentioned, they don't. So what does happen, and I've been doing this 12 years and it, it happens quite often, is you will potentially in a few years from the date of the transaction, receive notification from the IRS saying, hey, Adam, why didn't you report the income on this 1099 allocated to the LLC? And then simply you respond with a statement, copy the operating agreement, showing that the LLC is wholly owned by the IRA. The trust company uh, at some point could also sign that letter, certification, and you send it back and the matter gets resolved. So not really an issue. Now, believe it or not, if you have a partnership, so if you had an LLC with two IRAs as owners, it's actually much cleaner because you have to file a partnership return. And on the partnership return, on the K-1, it's going you're going to be able to indicate that the owner is an IRA, and you're going to be able to put the owners, for example, IRA Financial Trust Company for the benefit of Adam Bergman IRA. So the IRS will have clear notification that the owner of the LLC is an IRA and not an individual. So for partnerships, it's not a problem. Now, I've had some clients say they're filing a partnership return no matter what. And I guess technically you could, although it's kind of hard to file a partnership return when there's only one owner, but I've seen them do it. And they just say, well, I want to get it on record so the IRS knows that the LLC is owned by an IRA. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just an extra form. Um, but for the single member LLCs that um, don't file returns because they don't have to, uh, there is a chance you could get a letter from the IRS asking you why the income was not reported on your individual tax return. And, and as I mentioned, you just need to uh, respond back with the facts that the LLC is wholly owned by the IRA. So kind of two interesting 
topics in this question. You have the issue of filling out a W-9, which if you have to do, do it. All it means is that you're a U.S. person and there's no backup withholding of 30%. So check out my two videos and you can figure out how to do it. If you're a client, you can chat us, call us. We'll, we'll help you do that. Um, so don't feel uh, any type of um, you know stress if, if you're asked to complete a W-9. It's actually for your benefit. Now, again, the, if you receive a 1099 because you sell the property or you have interest on an IRA investment, just know single member LCs, there's often no way the IRS will know that the LLC is wholly owned by the IRA. In the case of a partnership, the return, the 1065 form, will show the owners as the IRAs. If you have a solo K, then clearly the title will technically be in the, in the name of the 401k. If you do have a single member LLC owned by a 401k, again, you'll have the same issue as the IRA LLC. 401ks don't file any tax return. Yes, the 401k files a 5500EZ if it has more than $250,000 in fair market value assets as of 1231, but it does not have to file a formal individual or income tax return. So that's the situation. I wish there was a better way to notify the IRS. It used to be easier with the EIN letters. You can write and have the IRS on notice that the LLC is owned by an IRA, but several years ago, they stopped uh, taking letters uh, of change in ownership of the LLC. And they basically say, well, the um, controlling document is the operating agreement, not the EIN letter. EIN letter. So that's not an option anymore. Um, you don't file your operating agreement with the IRS. So that's not an option. So you basically, in the case of a single member LLC, either file a partnership return, which you don't have to, or if you do get send a letter within a few years after the transaction, you'll simply um, communicate back to the IRS that the LLC is wholly owned by the IRA. The trust company can certify that, send a copy of the operating agreement, and uh, the situation will be handled. Uh, again, I, as I mentioned, I've been doing this 12 years, um, and I've never had uh, an issue, anything past a uh, return of communication from the individual taxpayer to the IRS notifying them that the wholly owned LLC is an IRA, not an individual. So there you go. Um, three really good questions. So two from YouTube, one for Aaron. Thank you. Um, if anyone out there has questions, please challenge me. Nothing makes me happier than having great questions to go out and research so I can learn and then I can share what I've learned with you. Um, I know a lot, but I don't know everything. And I've, I've written eight books and I want to write a bunch more. So this is a great way to keep me sharp, challenge me, let me go through the tax code, read case law, read revenue ruling so I can learn, be a better educator of self-directed retirements, IRAs, 401ks, and hopefully make you a better retirement investor and a more knowledgeable retirement investor. So that's the podcast uh, for today. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. If you're doing this on YouTube, thanks for all your great questions. If you have questions, you can send them info at irafinancial.com, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. So stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll talk to everyone again next week.